Signs of the Southland, Sunday, November 28th, 2021. Mr. Grant, uh, we're in your apartment. We just recorded a NCAA volleyball selection show podcast live reaction to uh, the events, the wonders of ESPN and their selection show special. What are your high-level thoughts on that experience? We're back. Uh, no, we're a national seed, top eight, uh, right around where we were expecting. A little bit lower than the RPI, uh, plenty higher than the coaches. Take that, coaches. Uh, you've been underrating us all year. Ha ha. Um, but no, it is great to see. Uh, got a nice long interview with uh, Coach on there as well. They deserve every bit of this. On the so, broadcast, to be clear. Yes. We did not personally get interviews with, with Coach. If you have not listened to that episode yet, uh, that will probably frame a decent amount of what we have to say about volleyball. So, um if you want the short version, uh, go listen to that because uh, I mean, it's really, worth that's listening the, to. I mean, really, that's the long version. We did react for 40 minutes to the entire selection Don't show. Don't tell them that. Now they're not going to go listen to it. Anyway, Go listen to it. Uh, it, it. This is a special time of year, a special team. Uh, this kind of stuff doesn't come around a lot. Uh, I have learned very quickly in my time at Tech, whether that is the awesome and special to watch 2019 number three baseball team, uh, or, or this team in general, that uh, you kind of got to hold on while they last, um, and you can't expect top 10 every year. But um, in terms of building a program, this is, I think, probably the best regular season we've seen in quite some time, uh, at least with uh, national relevance and resonance, too. It is worth noting one thing we didn't add in, in our little recap do of the, you know, the whole... Uh, the whole selection show. The whole selection show, really. Uh, is that South Carolina, a, a team that we could potentially face in the second round, we did see an exhibition, uh, so I do want to get that in before we dive into the actual you know, podcast content. Uh, South Carolina's not unfamiliar. That went five sets, but there was a lot of rotation, and quite frankly, it felt like it was going to be a sweep, but uh, Tech you know, wanted to get the experience in. So, Absolutely. Actually, how about we start with recapping volleyballs last week before we do a light tournament talk here. Um, volleyball last week, they swept Clemson and they swept FSU, uh, Clemson at home, and then FSU away. The FSU one was like a crock potting. I watched, mo- I think, most if not all of that. Tech let FSU stay in that game for most of the first set. I think it was pretty close. I think it was within four points. But then they just put pedal to the metal, and laid the wood. And it was kind of nasty the next two sets, what they did to FSU. Well... FSU did rattle off like three or four match points, or not match points, set points, set points. Uh, points uh, to make it a lot closer than it could have, would have been, should have been in the first set. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the most telling stat uh, that I probably never would have noticed if it didn't just like jump straight out at me is that on the whole across three sets, there was only eight ties and five lead changes in the entire, in the entire three sets. Uh, including zero in third, a.k.a. tech-led, wire-to-wire in the third. They led by a lot, wire-to-wire. Yeah, that's a very notable, substantial uh, stat, right? And FSU is a tournament team, uh, top 15 in RPI. They're a good team. We've said that kind of a lot. If you've listened to these episodes, you're like, yes, we know. FSU, good team. Um, And, uh, And tech made them look like butter, and tech was a hot knife. Yeah. So, uh, good to see, and then Tech did take care of business against Clemson. It is worth noting that of the six sets played this week, they had their opponent's attack in the negatives 
in two of the six sets. Uh, and Tech almost hit 600 in the first set against Clemson, which was a 25-7 to win, I believe. So. I think it, it, FSU almost came close to posting another single-digit set against Tech. Yes. But uh, I think that Clemson one makes it two on the season. Yes. There was one versus Virginia, and that would also be the second one. So, I wanted to see another one versus FSU, but I'm a sicko. So Yeah, both games were done in less than an hour and a half. Um, it is worth noting that uh, one of the things we said coming off of Louisville and Pitt was that, you know, it, it's tough not having a get-right game, uh, only playing one game on a Friday against the top three team. Honestly, not that you should expect to lose games to top three teams, because obviously we did win one, and, and you want to win as many as you can, but... You know, they, they had to come back, and, and they had two games to get in the right headspace before uh, hosting the Citadel on Thursday. Right, so Tech's draw in the NCAA tournament now that they're back in the second consecutive year uh, after being in the wilderness from the tournament for, for a while there. Mm-hmm. Um, they will face the Citadel in the first round, like Jake said. Uh, they will play the winner of Western Kentucky and South Carolina. We already talked a little bit about South Carolina. Um, we also did a bit on each of those opponents, potential opponents, in the uh, in the recap show. So go ahead and check that out as well. Those games, I believe, are on uh, December 2nd and December 3rd. Yeah, uh, more information with tickets should be available soon, hopefully. Uh, personally, I know as a season ticket holder, I would hope that I just get them handed to me, which would be very nice. But again, that is pure speculation. Um, we don't know any more details on that other than... At least at press time. Yeah, uh, other than what we know here at press time, it is Sunday and we both have to work in the morning. So um, Yeah, this is why we're going a little fast yeah. and... Uh, <laughs> Totally not why we did 40 minutes on just women's volleyball earlier. I really thought we were going to have time to like jam in women's basketball and men's basketball and football talk in between that, but it, it just kept coming. So yeah. um, if, if you want a more extensive recap, go check that out. But uh, great to see with the ladies as well. Go give them a follow. Tune in on ACC Network, all the, all the jazz for these games. Because like I said, this is a special thing and you got to appreciate it while it's here. Absolutely. Because we did 40 minutes on women's basketball, we'll now, or women's volleyball, we'll now pivot over to women's basketball. Uh, let's talk about their one game last week, which was a win over Hofstra. Hofstra. The Hofstra pride. Uh, they were their proud team. Um, Georgia Tech needed a bounce back after losing a, a game they <clears throat> probably shouldn't have lost to Auburn. Um, they fell to the pole. They were back down to receiving votes at. at, at well, I guess an AP. estimated 26 in the AP. Uh, 25th in the coaches as well. So, the Precipitous, uh, the, as one would say. The notes for that is uh, Tech needed to bounce back definitively from their loss to Auburn. And uh, looking at that first quarter in which they outscored the Pride 18-4, to I'd say they did. Kind of um, laid the wood here. Yeah. Uh, they won 65-32 on the game. Shot uh, about 45% from three, which is an, a nice increase. Uh, the free throws still a little bit uh, left a bit to be desired there. Uh, without Loyal McQueen for another game, uh, not really sure what's up there. Uh, we did note that Kiara Fletcher is out um, indefinitely, presumably for the year, um, based on what we heard on the broadcast. Uh, we did... Also, I know this is quite the list at this point, uh, lose Lodemai Lotnin in the second quarter of the Hofstra game. She had already scored 15 and gone 5 of 6 from the field, including 3 of 3 from three-point land and 2 of 2 from the stripe. 
it was her first big breakout game of the year, so tough to lose her. Um, but was, there a, was there an update after the game on her status? I was going to say I didn't see any press conference or anything like that. So we'll, we'll have to play that one by ear. Again, once you get out of the realm of uh, football and, and men's basketball, it gets harder and harder to, to determine some of this stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was the only game of the week for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're right. It's a get-back game. But now they start hitting some really high notes moving forward because they have the uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge coming up next. They'll be versus Purdue. I had the date in front of the me, first. and it's not gone. It's the first. Uh, that's a 7 p.m. tip. Uh, so that's Wednesday. And then they go to Athens. Uh, they'll play a game there. I think that's yeah. a, top of the hour. Well, it, you yeah. know, it would help if you had the shot sheet oh, back sorry, in, front, I had, in front I had the of notes you. on the game up. But um, Purdue, 7 p.m. Big Ten Network on the first. Uh, that'll be a nice lead-in to the men's edition of the ACC Big Ten Championship, as will the game on 12-5 with Tech playing at Athens at noon, and then uh, the men at home against North Carolina. So a lot of double features in basketball this week and uh, should be, I'd say, an insightful week. Purdue's 5-2. and two. Athens is 27th receiving votes in the polls. So... You know, these, these are teams that are going to raise the bar a bit over kind of what we've seen uh, this past week from Hofstra. So. Yeah, and a note on Purdue. I think we were, there was a little bit of talk uh, about Purdue playing, I think it was Florida State this weekend. Um, Purdue looked a little shabby and then kind of laid the wood on Florida State. And Florida State's a pretty good ACC team. Yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on. I, I will also note, uh, following the Athens game, it's UConn. At home, so uh, gonna want to get some wins while you while you can this week. We're in danger. That, not even that. That sounds bad. We're it, not in danger. In danger, but you know, Tech's gonna make a lot of money. I hope they do. They're gonna I make a lot do. of money off that game. I hope they sell nine thousand seats. Um, that would be wonderful. I hope that we have to elbow people to get to our seats. I would for the UConn game. I would love that, especially after being surrounded by Belmont fans. The one game that we went to. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit tough. I don't. I, they were very nice people. Very, nice, very, people. very nice people from Nashville. Very uh, uh, loved their flannels. Uh, yes. I gotta say, um, I don't know if their player actually appeared in their game. Um, I just felt bad being like loud and obnoxious for Tech around so many opposing fans, but you know. That's He's an embarrassment. Me. I can't bring him anywhere. I, Let's pivot to the other team that plays at McCamish Pavilion. That is the men's basketball team. Uh, they played a two-game set last week both versus Southern teams. Uh, they beat Charleston Southern by 17. And then we get to the game that I was in person at. Statesboro Southern. Versus Georgia Southern, which Tech barely escaped. Do you want to do some scene setting for this one? I think that we can also kind of start these vibes uh, early for Charleston. Uh, Flu has been going around this uh, particular team. A lot of campuses too. A lot of campuses too. Not just here. Michigan State had a flu outbreak this this year. Florida too, but it's Florida so. Yeah, and and stuff's in the water there. Um, (laughs) Purdue, I think, had a flu outbreak uh, on their football team. They're, They're the point being, there's a number of college campuses that have had really nasty flu outbreaks. So uh, consider this a PSA to go get your flu shot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Charleston Southern, that uh, game was uh, 
A 15-point win, 85-70. to 70. It was Tech's second game in a row scoring more than 80 points, which never uh, a bad thing to see, all that offensive output. But uh, it was needed. Uh, there were points where Charleston Southern made it close, made it a two-possession game late. Um, again, great performances by, by the seniors. It's, it's great to see young players stepping up. I, I think uh, past passenger teams may lose games like that. Uh, I think maybe not last year's edition or the year before that, but definitely his second or third year. So I, I think it shows that the, there is more depth, more growth. You can turn to more people to go get a basket. And at the end, Tech did turn it on uh, and made it you know, a, a comfortable 15-point win. So um, you never you never want to look a gift horse in the mouth in terms of, of nitpicking wins too badly, but... Uh, oh, well, hold on. Let's get to the other that's one. That's the, the large butt that was about to come crashing through the door. But it's a 15-point win uh, against a, a relatively senior Charleston Southern team, and, uh, you know, a win's a win. But, but. <laughs> the flu game... Uh, that happened on Friday. It was you were there, so it was rough. Um, this I, I think when we saw the lineups and the availability sheets come out, it was kind of just. I, I think all of us were just like, "This is a disaster." This is a disaster. I think there were nine total tech players available, like dressed and ready to go for this game. I there. Think- one of them was a walk-on, too. So. At least one of them was a walk-on, and a bunch of walk-ons were out, too. I, a passer after the game had said they basically didn't practice all week Yep. Um, after after the Charleston Southern game. I think there were some people out during the there Charleston Southern, Southern game as well with, with flu symptoms. Yep. So rough in terms of roster availability, rough in terms of just player availability. Um, Southern raced out to, like, a 15-point lead in the first half. Yes. This was not close at halftime yeah. this it, southern was shooting uh, like 53 percent from the field at half they were making 40 percent of their three-pointers it was a mauling in yeah. a lot of ways the closest that tech was able to get in that first half was seven points and neither team could make a free throw both teams were well under 50 percent from the stripe and it was just very very frustrating to watch from the upper deck yeah uh, I don't doubt that at all. I, uh, <laughs> I I did watch a lot of this game from the airport and did uh, wind up having to board in the middle of the game and do the classic refresh the page, refresh the page. Um, oh, it got worse for you there. at the end of the game. Yeah, it was. I was. I was not doing great, but um, uh, it was a twelve point deficit at the half. Uh, Tech came out of the gates on fire. They, I believe it was like a seventeen five run or something like that. It was that. something stupid. It was like sixteen to two. I, I don't remember the exact margin, but. Basically, Rodney Howard um, put the team on his back right out of the half and closed the gap. I think it took right around five minutes for Tech to to uh, tie and then take the lead uh, coming out of halftime, which is really, you know, that's not something that I've seen past passenger teams do, honestly, in this kind of spot. Um, Rodney Howard has to be clearly far and away the candidate for most improved player. Yeah, absolutely. He he came out like a man alive uh, on that next on, on that or those first couple possessions um, in that second half. But I I will if I had to uh, if I had to pick nits even through that second half performance, Tech still had trouble making uh, free throws. And they were in the double bonus for a good chunk of that second half, too. So they had a lot of opportunities to just get free points and put the game away once they got the lead. 
and then they just refused to put the game away. Every single time that Tech made uh, a clutch three, and there were a lot of them, and we'll, we'll talk about Michael DeVoe's performance. They didn't score a field goal in the last five minutes of the game. That's the even that's the worst part, and I don't know if that came up on the broadcast because we're not using our usual uh, usual audio setup. But Tech did not make a <laughs> make a shot from the field for the last five minutes of the game. They had a rough time matching Southern point for point in the first half. It was better in the second half because Tech locked it down on defense. Yeah, they forced Southern to use a lot of the shot clock. They they made sure Southern Southern was shooting more from the perimeter, and their perimeter shooting rates came back down to earth. So it was you know a best of both both world scenario there. Do you remember kind of what we talked about with the Auburn women's game uh, on our last episode? Uh, not in detail. So how I kind of presented that was Tech coming out of the gate slow, uh, missing its point guard, missing Loyal McQueen, um, Auburn being an unstoppable force from the field. It's basically Tech's disaster, worst case possible scenario. Yeah. I think this is arguably even more disaster year for for the men's team. Yes, because that's a word. Having nine players uh, coming out against a team playing with their hair on fire, um, having your your star and and your best player uh, out for the first 10 minutes of the game with flu-like symptoms and basically deciding I'm going to will my way to be in this game. And, and, uh, you know, Michael DeVoe obviously comes out and has a, a very necessary performance. But that... Georgia Tech was dealt the perhaps worst-case scenario it could be dealt. And granted, it's not like you're playing, you know, Gonzaga or anything in this game. But but you need to get a win, and they found a way to win despite having – despite rolling the dice and everything coming up twos. And, and if you don't play craps, that's not a good thing. So They rolled a natural one. In a D&D. natural one? Natural one in D&D. That, that's a reference that our audience will understand. I mean, yeah, but I don't understand it, so that I sucks. assume it's bad. That sucks for you. Michael DeVoe, 30 minutes played, 50% from, from the field, uh, 55% from three-point range, 26 total points. And he did all of that while playing with flu-like symptoms. Yep. And not practicing the entire week. And basically, according to Pastner, just like lying on the locker room floor for 30 minutes before the game started. Yeah. It, it sounded not good. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was just a really incredible, like really good team fight uh, yeah. for a lot of that second half. And I have to give... Pass for a lot of credit for for getting his team, uh, getting his team ready, and getting his team motivated to compete in that situation. Yeah. Because it's not it's not easy to do. I, I think we've seen uh, we've seen other times and other teams just kind of fold in those situations when you're down by double digits at half to a team that you should be beating handily. Uh, but in the, at the end of the day, like you said before, with with the Charleston Southern game, a win's a win. So they'll. They'll head into their next week. They'll play the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge game versus Wisconsin. That's a nine fifteen tip on ESPN two. Raising the ACC championship banner. If you're in Atlanta and you're on the fence, 
uh, and you want to see them raise that banner, and that, that'll put you over it. I know it's a late game, but... It's a very late game. It, I don't understand why some of these tips are at, so late. It, it really does Look what channel it's on. It's on ESPN2. Also, Wisconsin's from the Central Time Zone, so they're like, ah, ah yes. just let them do it then. Noted large basketball t- uh, fandom, Wisconsin. I they guess. are a large basketball fandom. What are you talking about? Okay, well, that joke backfired. They're uh, playing a 20,000-seat arena in Madison, Wisconsin. Look, they're I didn't the think... the only team in town in the state. Sorry, I'm I not going to... I didn't think this joke through really all the not. way. They, they send 7,000 people a game to their volleyball games. This is a sports-mad team. <laughs> We're not going to razz them on that. They, they seat more people at their volleyball games than we do for a lot of our can basketball I, can games. Can I get to the other game? Yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. December 5th versus North Carolina. That's a 3 p.m. tip versus, uh, on ESPN. Uh, both of those games are preceded by women's basketball games. So yep. tune into those uh, when you get the chance as well. Note uh, for the North Carolina game, that is the first time we'll be seeing a Roy williams list. North Carolina, and presumably also Dean Smith-less North Carolina team in, what, 30, 40-something years? Yeah. Um, Dean was there since, like, the 70s? Let's go look that up. I'm now very curious to see the last time we played a I non- don't. Well, I don't know if Tech played a Dean or Roy-less team. Before getting in the conference? Before, yeah, before getting in the conference. I don't see, think they've so, ever played one at all. So he was North Carolina's coach from 61 yeah, they, to 97. Yeah, and I think Roy started in 97. Let's go look that up. Let's see. Roy Williams. This is great. This is fantastic this podcast. Is fantastic. No, there's there's somebody between them because he oh. was an assistant and then he went to Kansas. So, so there's six who's, years. Who's the man in the middle? I don't even remember. There's six years of uh, not... Roy and not Dean. To uh, let's go check on this, and then we can go to the previous year. And when it loads, we'll know. Uh, coached by Matt Doherty. Wait, I know that name. He coached at Notre Dame before Bray, then North Carolina, then FAU, then SMU. How have you heard of him? I feel like I've known. Oh, it might be a soccer player by the same name. Yeah, he seems. He won a conference regular season title with North Carolina and went to the NIT quarterfinals. Okay, he well, must have been dying. Well, I can see why he got fired after 0102 when they do, went 8 and 20. He didn't do that bad at, at Notre Dame 22 and 15, but I, I assume they had higher hopes after, you know. That is an uh, I mean that's an ugly set of yeah. set of records. Anyways. Anyway, yeah, we're that's We're now rambling. Hopefully, hopefully we have a Matt Doherty on our hands. Maybe I we'll actually haven't. Out. I haven't watched of any of UNC basketball so yeah, far this season. I think they lost to Purdue and someone else. Honestly, you could tell me that they they beat like Florida Gulf Coast or something, and I think I'd believe you. The one thing I will note is that Wisconsin did just win their uh, their little tournament thingy, um, so not great for them. Yeah, they also lost to Tennessee, uh, but have beaten. UNC Asheville and Charleston, um, and also two other teams that I am unsure of. But yeah, they four lost. Four and two? Four and two on the year? Yeah, they, they beat Loyola, Maryland, and Brown, and Charleston, and Asheville. So they have not beaten a, a, a major team yet. They, they lost to uh, Purdue and Tennessee. They were, uh, their uh, ACC Big Ten matchup is Michigan. Number so, 20, Michigan. At the same time as us. So they, they get a late, late East Coast. I bet that one's so. the one on ESPN. ESPN. 
Let's check, but I'm almost certain you're right. And it won't say. Oh, well. Google is so reliable. Let's move on to a subject that neither of us want to talk about. How about you start? I don't think we've talked about football on this podcast in like the last three weeks. Um, here, Okay, here, here's my stance. And I'm going to try to put this as politely as possible. Football has nothing new to say because it's always... Until today. I, until today, and we'll get there. But the way that this football program has lost games in the last four weeks, actually since basically the, the bye week, the last six weeks, has been the exact same method every single time. And at a certain point, I think even as media content creators, we get tired of repeating ourselves. I'd say there's been two different types. There's been the last three games, and then there's been the fake close games before that. But uh, I, I do get your point. Well, well like the, the, the mistakes that lead to them oh, are, sure. are the exact same. And, and I think to sort of segue into the news items of today, some of those problems have been dealt with administratively. We'll see if that actually works. Uh, that is, if you're listening to this a year in the future, feel free. Let us know if we were right or wrong. Email me. Um, yeah, but um, as somebody who's seen every minute of the last three games live and in person, and has seen us be outscored 113 to nine in the last 11 quarters or whatever that bum, bum, stat bum, is. It has not been a fun few weeks, but but and and we can take left turns on this. This is probably an, an off-season thing. The hire made sense at the time. Now it's time to retool and see if if we can still make it make sense. Yeah, and uh, in that. We're seeing changes. Those changes being uh, Popovich, Burton, and uh, offensive coordinator uh, Dave Patnode not being retained for next year. Yeah, so those contracts were all up. Uh, Patnode, I think, was on a two-year that got extended last year. Uh, I think Popovich and Burton were on one year since they were both position coaches. I think Popovich also had the code DC tag on him, so he was code DC and special teams coordinator, and I think one more defensive position. Uh, I think he split DB's time with Burton. There's been Uh, a lot of weird title business going on on this staff for the last three years. Yeah, Uh, and then obviously uh, uh, Pat Nutt was both offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So those three positions, uh, obviously we've talked about the football team's struggles in the secondary this season. Um, I don't think we've talked as much about offensive struggles. However, I will note that, like you said, you, you the last three games have been a, a wash in terms of offensive performances. We haven't gotten shut out two games in a row since 1957. And they scored 100 points. Yeah. So, 100 points. So it's been a tough two weeks. If you guys think it's been a tough two weeks, it's been a historically tough two weeks. Yeah. So... My take on this at first was the I think maybe there needed to be a couple more changes made. Uh, however, it, it kind of comes to that difficult decision that I was sort of alluding to, or a difficult point that I was sort of alluding to, because you not only have a defense that's let up 100 points in two weeks, but you also have an offense that has failed to score in two consecutive weeks. So it's hard to figure out where to draw that line and 
who has to get who's on the chopping block effectively and it, it's hard to talk about this right at a certain level because obviously these are other people it's a business but these are other people with jobs with families etc cetera, etc cetera. but it is a business at the end of the day yep so it uh, is a business and and it is a uh a highly you, you choose to go into highly scrutinized industry highly paid highly well. paid and highly scrutinized and and all the weird and, and tough parts that come with it um and so you know this is the not not even the underbelly like this is the fact of the matter of an underperforming team needing to make necessary changes um and i think the political and correct way to view this is hopefully this works like mm-hmm. you don't want to see and you don't wish firing or ill success on anyone uh and if you're a georgia tech fan that's been like yes from day one i don't know what the point is if you if you don't want to see this guy and this staff and this team succeed like that hopefully these are great changes that produce great results and until we know who those people are going to be it's almost irresponsible to speculate on it like i haven't seen any any lists or suggestions or things like that either so it's a more of a matter of you know we'll see what happens as it comes out it'll give us uh it'll probably suck up a lot of the air around this volleyball postseason stretch and you know, women's and men's basketball having fun and solid teams in years, and that's the nature of the beast. And we can take left turns into how this reflects on the, the athletics as a whole, but hopefully it works uh, because un, unfair or not, um, a lot of people's public perceptions of, of this program, of this school, of this athletics department is based on one sport, uh, and that being football and our arguably the one that we are seeing the least success in right now. So mm-hmm. um, if you're here and you've listened to this podcast this long or, or know us, then you know all the other great things that are going on. And, and, and we, we just pre- talked about a bunch. And we just talked about a bunch. And, and we presume that you kind of fall on the same line. But if, if you have insight, if, if you have comments, questions, if you, if you want to hear us talk more about this, as always, uh, just let us know. But at this point, I don't, I don't know anything else other than there's been three changes, and we'll see who's filling the shoes next. Yeah, a I, I, couple of things I want to say before I think we should either get out of here or move on, because yeah. we, we this isn't necessarily a topic that we're specifically well versed in. But number one, obviously, um, in you know, the, like I said, this is a business, but these are also human lives that we're talking about, uh, and, and other other human beings that we're talking about. So obviously, hope. Um, Popovich, Burton, and, and Pat Node and their families can, you know, find a safe landing spot. And, uh, and from all accounts, wonderful folks. Yeah, wonderful folks. Uh, obviously, we haven't had personal conversations with it, but but a lot of uh, talk on on the Twitterverse. They're they're pretty good guys. Um, I think another thing to note, and I had a, a train of thought. I don't want to make any. Right now, sitting on November 28th, 2021, I don't want to make any particular declarations about the coaching staff and what happens from here on out. I, I, I certainly have a lot of thoughts, and I think we can talk about them on a different show during the offseason. But like you said, these are necessary changes in order to get the program out of a three-win season rut. Yep. The fact of the matter is that the current coaching staff, as constructed in 2019, has nine total wins. 
the bar is higher. It needs to be better. That is all I will say on that subject. Yeah. I, I'm not going to add any more to what you did because it would just be us talking in circles. Or We've done that about, before, too. I've okay. had to edit that. We, we have. <laughs> and, uh, and, and again, there's, there's more detail that comes out of that that's probably more suited for an off-season show or maybe if it's slow in January before tennis and, and swimming and golf pick back up. But, yeah, uh, I, I will say we're, we're speaking very coyly at a certain level, but it's not because we know other things. We really don't know anything. This is not our area of expertise. This is a volleyball podcast that we sometimes talk about football on. This is a volleyball and women's basketball podcast, as I've always said. Uh, but baseball. Oh, I love baseball. The baseball season is soon, too. I, 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 it's not like we know anything special. I think it's just this is not our area of expertise, and it's better to you know wait, listen, watch what happens rather than just uh, start firing off takes, which obviously uh, unusual for us take merchants, but you know we, we try sometimes. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, I think we can tie a bow on that. That's that's Georgia Tech foot. The the Georgia Tech twenty twenty one football team has played its last game. Okay, Dan Mullen. <laughs> I was hoping you picked that up. Um, Fantastic. Please. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a season. It was a season where football was played at a specific location on this campus. Yes. Um, in terms of other things, other other concepts. I mean, um, it's it's I a long off-season without a bowl game and a longer off-season if you include impending doom in January. So Yeah, well, we don't need to speculate on that either. I was more going with a left turn of, I think we've covered volleyball plenty. Uh, I think we've covered... <laughs> sure have. There's only one women's game uh, for, for basketball. There so were two men's talk games. About there. We talked about both the men's games. I think... I think we're done. I think we can let it lie. It's it's the quiet part of the mill. Like you know, it, it's not springtime yet. So it's not even close to springtime yet. Time is a flat circle, and we have not entered that part of the circle yet. Yeah. Well, um, plug your stuff. Plugging stuff. Go back and listen to the volleyball special if you haven't already. Um, if you do not have plans yet, go make plans to watch uh, what should be a very interesting week. There's there's only. Five, six-ish tech games this week, but in in terms of watchability, uh, all of them are postseason or Power Five matchups. So make time for volleyball, for women's basketball, clean old-fashioned hate, ACC, Big Ten challenge for the women and the men. Um, from the RumbleSeat.com is where you can find us. Uh, we write sometimes or weekly, depending on the week um, and the mood. Uh, you can find us FTRS blog on Twitter. Uh, I'm Jake Grant 98 on Twitter. Uh, and uh, yeah, game on paper, something. I don't know. It's conference, conference championship season. Might want to go plug that, but that's all I got. That's all I got too. We'll see y'all for a longer form episode on, let's see, we'll have two women's games, two men's basketball games, and then I hopefully two volleyball games to talk about next week. Yeah, and we'll we'll see a lot of it live. So, a lot of lot of uh, opinions for next week. Fantastic. We will see you then. Oh.